You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is the CRM Archaeology Podcast. It's the show where we pull back the veil of cultural resources management, archaeology, and discuss the issues that everyone is concerned about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, episode 283 for February 20th, 2024. I'm your host, Chris Webster. On today's show, we talk about passion in archaeology and whether or not that's actually required to do the job. So get ready to get passionate about this topic because the CRM Archaeology Podcast starts right now. Welcome to the show, everyone. Joining me today is Andrew in Southern California. Hey, guys. How's it going? And Doug in Scotland. Yeah, representing the non-Californian people. That's right. That's right. So, all right. Well, the topic was Doug's today, and we've got a little bit different way to um, approach that. So, Doug, why don't you go ahead and tell us what we're doing? Yeah. So, the the title of this episode is, uh, does archaeology have a passion problem? There is a little bit of a study I've read. It's actually related to architecture, but sounds just like archaeology to me results. And <laughs> we're going to do something a little bit different uh, with this episode. And we're basically going to run a mini sort of one of their surveys they did in the mm-hmm. study. For that, I'm going to ask both Chris and Andrew individually. So the other one will be muted or at least not talking some questions. And then we're going to bring it back together and see how your guys' answers compare and how that compared to the study on passion. So with that, I believe Andrew has volunteered to mute and leave the room some, as it were, metaphorically. And we'll get started with uh, Chris. Yes, I'm Liz. leaving and, and I will be muting my headphones. I won't hear any of this. All right. All right. We'll let you know when you can come back, Andrew. All right. Okay. I'm assuming Andrew's gone. Gone to a better place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chris, I'll throw, I'll throw the question to you. Okay. Do you think you need passion being an archaeologist? I think probably yes, only because of the uh, the nature of this job and the 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 substandard pay sometimes and the the hell you've got to go through just to find jobs and and keep jobs and things like that. Like, why would you go through all that if you didn't have some sort of passion for archaeology, some sort of passion for history or or even the research or some aspect of the science? You know what I mean? There's other jobs where you can just go nine to five and not worry about it at all and just get your paycheck every day and get paid way more than than what you're doing in archaeology. But the stuff you've got to go through to to do all that, you have to have some kind of passion. And do you think you can like spot passion or passionate people in archaeology? I think so. There's definitely the people that you meet that are, that seem like they're kind of phoning it in. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't want to do anything extra. Every time you ask for a volunteer to do something or to learn something new, they never step up. Not that you have to, but, and I wouldn't even say that's a requirement, but you can tell that the people that are, I guess, more passionate than others by the stuff that they do, you know, they're constantly uh, reading books about archaeology and learning new things outside of work and, you know, watching YouTube videos and stuff like that and just learning new skills. Um, I would say inherently those people have more passion, just like any business, though. People that continue to study on their topic, whatever whatever it happens to be outside of work, are going to be inherently more passionate, I think. And Chris, you, you, you hire people or you, you have hired people mm-hmm. in archaeology and stuff. Do you look for passion when you're hiring people? And what does that look like? Like, how, how do they demonstrate that to you? 
Yeah, that's really hard to demonstrate. I've been fortunate enough to not necessarily hire too many people just like off the street that I didn't know because <laughs> this is a small industry and and I'm a small company. So the people I've hired, I, I, I hired them probably because I knew they had passion for the industry. Right. And I knew that they were going to strive to do a good job despite any sort of adversity that might happen, because the minute you have somebody that's that's not really into the work and, and they're just they're just out there for a paycheck you can see their eyes start to glaze over when they're doing survey and they just, they start looking around. They're talking a lot more. Talking's not bad as long as you're still looking at the ground, but they're just not paying attention. And, and those aren't the kind of people that I can have working for me and really working for anybody just because the whole point of working here is, is looking at the ground. So, so I don't know if I can really answer that question because I've never really had to hire outside of my sphere of people that I know. And I only hire people that I know will do a good job. Fair enough. And with that, let's uh, call Andrew in. If we if we had like some little bottles here, we can think them together and be like, <laughs> Andrew, come out and play. Uh, nice. I haven't seen him on mute yet. He probably uh, just let's see if he comes back. Probably just Hopefully left. Hopefully, he hasn't just gone like. Uh, let's get a okay. drink. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know when you're back, Andrew. It's nine o'clock in the morning in California. That's day drinking All time right. on Sunday. I am back. Oh, we we, we were just doing, mimosas. Andrew, if we had some like uh, empty bottles, we could clink them together and be like, Andrew, come out and play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, All right. Any, yeah. For anyone who's not getting that reference, 80s cult classic Warriors. Yeah. Watch but, it. But been done by the Simpsons and everyone else as like parody. So. <laughs> cool. All right. Well. Okay. This is not going to say anything. Well, I asked probably pretty close to the similar questions to Andrew. Okay. All right. Here yeah. we go. Bye. Bye. Uh, oh, you don't. You don't need to leave, Chris. You you can just sit. You just don't have to say anything. <laughs> oh well. Okay. Well, he, he's muted he's, himself. He's gone. He's gone. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. All right, Andrew. We'll, we'll start with the first question, which is: okay. Do you think you need to have passion to archaeology? Yes. Next question. No, it's, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's one of those just disciplines that you can tell when people don't and it's awful, you know, like if you don't have passion for being like a high power businessman, but you're making millions of dollars, it's like, oh, okay, I get, you know, I, I, I get this there, there's the trade-off, but in archeology, span it's like, what are you doing here? You know? So I think, I think passion is just is huge and and obvious in the moment if you don't have it. So you've mentioned like you sort of can tell, but how could you talk about that a little bit more to expand? Like, how can you tell if someone has passion in archaeology and how, how, how do they demonstrate that? It's funny to tell if somebody has passion or not. It's just it's just obvious. It's it's in everything from their body language to the way they talk to what they talk about. Like, are they smiling? Are they upbeat? And I know that sounds cliche, but it's true because I can think directly right now to people who I've seen or met who don't have passion, right? Grumpy. They don't really care. They, they start doing shoddy work because they're, they're just sort of working to the hour or to the money, you know? So there's like a laziness aspect to it for people who are not passionate. So 
again, when you, when you see it, pe- people are, are talking about it. They're talking about archaeology when they're off the job, but not in an annoying way. Just they're like interested about things. They'll do other aspects of archaeology in their free time. You know, they'll learn about like, man, I've always wanted to go to Egypt or whatever it is. So you will you'll see that, you know, you'll see them incorporated in their daily lives in in a prideful way. And it's, it's cool. It's great to be around somebody who has passion about something like archaeology. Or anything. Cool. And so this last question, I might modify it because the the question I asked Chris was like, do you look for passion when you're hiring people, <laughs> and how do you how do you see that? Uh-huh. I know Andrew, you did a lot of PRM, but I don't know if you did. You said you hadn't quite got that like you know project manager level, PI no, level. Yeah. But maybe if uh, if you haven't had that, maybe you can turn around. And, I, I mean, you, I know you do a lot more teaching, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming you bring on people for projects or work. Um, field schools or, or like your, your, your crew chiefs yeah. for field schools and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. I've actually done a lot of hiring, hiring for fellow professors and stuff, too. Like I've done that, you know, a bunch. And I did get far enough in the CRM world where I saw this as well. So it's like, you know, do you look for passion in hiring? Absolutely. It's funny. It's kind of like the thing that you're trying to suss out. You know, are they into it? One of my colleagues, when we were working on a hiring committee, and this wasn't for archaeology, this was for something completely different. He, he kind of leaned over to me as we were watching the various candidates. And he was like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out. It's like, will they bro out on this? And I know what he meant. You know, like, will you just hang out and talk about archaeology for fun? You know, are you invested? Like when we're trying to hire, you're looking and you're like, Hey, are they are they going to try and be a dean, though, as soon as we hire them to be a college professor? You know, you're 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 absolutely looking for the passion. It's it's off the top of my head. I'm almost going to say it's like the number one thing you're hiring for. And how how do how do they sort of demonstrate that in like a CV resume or even in a uh, interview? They do, so CV resume, it's very hard See, because you have to suss it out during the interview because anyone can have a well-written CV, well-written resume, you know, but during the interview, they're they're talking about their own projects and stuff that they're they're going to be natural leaders in it if they're passionate, you know, they're passionate. So they want to do stuff. So they're going to have things that they did themselves. They're going to have projects they did. They're going to have articles they wrote on their own cool thing. They're going to have like pet projects. And because they're so passionate, they're going to want to give their passion to other people. So like they're like they're running their own situation where they're teaching people and they're proud of teaching them because they're just super happy that they're bringing people into this field that they think is just super awesome. Cool. And that's pretty much it for the questions. So I think this is actually a nice time to do a break. Yeah. And we'll just take it and then I'll bring you back and we'll discuss what Chris said about it. And I'm actually really glad this experiment definitely worked. Mm -hmm. You guys said different things, which is excellent. Great. It was super fun. too. I think it was a great idea. Yeah. And we'll bring you guys back the next segment and discuss this. Welcome back to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, and the experiment is over. I was muted for the last part of segment one, and Andrew was muted for the first part. So, Doug, what were the results? Which one of us is the bigger tool? <laughs> well, okay, so we weren't <laughs> measuring that. That, that. that is almost as hard to measure as like as what we're doing here. But so, like, I think I think I'm a passionate tool. Is that what I? Nice. Is that what I get? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, see, the thing is, is you might be a tool because you're passionate. Ah, uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so you know, right. it's, hard, it's hard to uh, it's hard to separate those two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll tell you guys. You guys did basically what all the architects did, which is all right. So I'm sorry. The questions were slightly a bit. I could see we're a bit leading, but yeah, passion is a psychological state. And it cannot be objectively measured. Right. It, you you mm. can't you can't measure it. But both of you guys both said you need to have passion, and you both believe that it could be measurable, and that you could suss mm. it out on people. Yeah. And this is this is the the, the fun part of where the study did it at a much wider range. You guys, there was a few things you named in common, but there was actually you guys had like your ideas of like what. What, how you demonstrate pa- passion or how someone could were actually fairly different. Hmm. So like Chris was talking about like, oh yeah, you know, I, if you guys probably listened to each other, you probably would have sort of thought, oh yeah, definitely to each other's <laughs> what you were saying. But yeah, it's the part where the first thing that came to your mind weren't quite the same thing. So Chris mm-hmm. was like, yeah, you know, do they volunteer for extra work or do they volunteer for stuff? Or you both have described, what you both described that were the same was you could see it in their eyes. Or like <laughs> you, you had both described like how you could just tell, like 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 you could feel it. But uh, you just you talked about different things. So Chris was mm. like, yeah, you know, are they are they volunteering for extra work? Are they coming in early? Are they leaving late? Like that. And Andrew talked about like at you know at sort of a university, slightly different thing. Are these people going to bro it out? Are they going to like <laughs> do a lot of extra time? And Kristen had sort of talked about this as well as like, you know, doing bits of extra research and outside archaeology yeah. stuff, you know, stuff that's not part of your work. So you guys sort of both touched on that. But basically, you, if like you were giving advice to like, I don't know, a new archaeologist or mm-hmm. a new student, they may have picked up some stuff and they may have been super confused on like, <laughs> wait, do I need to do this? Or like, <laughs> how, how, how do I do that? Right. Um, and that's the basics of the whole study is like passion is definitely not measurable. It's not objective yet. Well, OK, so our example is quite small. It's just two of you guys. But mm-hmm. you know, 100 percent of you said you need to have passion to do archaeology. Mm-hmm. And you both thought you could measure it. And you both named different things that could be measured, how you would measure it, how you could prove it. Yeah, it seems um, legit. I, I yeah. Yeah. I think this is, so this is, this is why I think archaeology has a passion problem is, so I've seen this and, and this was sort of peaked by a couple of months ago. I think it was the social media was on Twitter where someone was basically talking about like, you know, how, how they're having a hard time breaking into archaeology. And the advice that came back was like, oh, you just have to be passionate. And of course, the person snapped back was like, I am passionate, but it really triggered on something. And I started investigating that. It's like, they were talking about completely two different things about what they thought passion was yeah. and what it would be to get archaeology. I think there's a huge problem we have in that, like, I think, you know, again, I gave you guys leading questions, but if you were to give advice and, you know, we're giving advice, and I'm pretty sure we've done it on the podcast before, as we'd say, oh, you need to have passion for archaeology, mm-hmm. which is a horrible thing to say, because basically it's completely subjective. And mm-hmm. doesn't actually help anyone. And probably, I think, leads to quite a few problems in that what you guys sort of described as passion would probably be 
considered exploitive working practices. So, yeah. Like, the, it, oh, 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 I'm throwing the grenade. I'm just going to pull this pin and drop, drop it in and let you guys have at it. Yeah. But like both of you guys basically described that people, probably one of the closest terms you guys said was like, if someone just comes in and works the time. Like, like, or, or, or it's just there for a paycheck, I think is something you guys probably both mm-hmm. said yeah. in, in a certain way, which is like, there's a lot of studies out there about how like action and, you know, you should, if you're, it's a job, you should just work to the time you're paid. Otherwise yes. you're being exploited. So I'm going to toss that grenade in there and let you guys have at it. And sorry, you'll probably feel attacked at the moment. Um, now that I've just said that you guys are part of the problem of destroying the profession. No, um, see, but you know, I, I'm of the older generation, so I never feel attacked. Okay, so don't worry <laughs> about it. I'm good. I would just say a few things, and obviously, Chris, you can go for first. I, I feel like Doug. I feel like this is the movie Moneyball, where like mm. Chris and I are like, "Hey, you just feel it. It's all about feel." And you're like, "No, losers. Here's the Excel spreadsheet. Just hire <laughs> some dolt who doesn't give a damn about archaeology, and you'll make more money." Mm-hmm. But I do think. I do think you can see passion. I, I think in in that instance where you said online where somebody was like, oh, you just have to be passionate They're in that instance. So they're using passion in order to, like, kind of screw someone over, you know, like mm-hmm. y- you can you can talk about stuff that isn't really working out. And it's not a fair answer to be like, oh, you're just not passionate enough. No, 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 no. I can be finally passionate my own time, but I happen to be not making enough money right now. You know, so that's what I would say. To yeah. that. I don't know, Chris, what do you think? Well, I I mean, first off, I completely disagree that it's that you shouldn't have passion for your job and you should just be there for yeah. a paycheck. Like that's the that is the base reason why you're you're for sure there. I mean, we take it as a as a, a fact of life that you need to do some kind of job to live and pay your bills and, and be a person in this world. Right. And unless you're independently wealthy and came into money, then you pretty much have to work. And if you're going to have to work why not have it be something that you actually enjoy doing, right? So, I mean, I've, I've moved around, done a few different things, not just archaeology, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing something if I didn't enjoy it. Now, do you enjoy every facet of it? Probably not. There's obviously mm-hmm. things that you're just not going to like, but overall, do you like doing it? You know, it's the... It's the common question. Would you still be doing something in this space, not necessarily field teching and, and digging shovel tests, but would you still be doing something in this space if you won the lottery? And I think a lot of archaeologists would probably would probably say yes. They Again, they wouldn't be <laughs> probably taking shovel tests, but might take that opportunity to go fund their own research or, yep. you know, do something along those lines. And that that is where it comes in. You know, that's where if you if you don't say yes to that question then it's like, sure, you can still do this job, but it's like, why? Why don't you find something where the answer to that question is yes? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Absolutely. And oh, also in terms of that overtime working or whatever, that that can be many, many things. That doesn't mean in your free time you're doing something for the company or for the university. It means maybe you have a passion project, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. on Tuesday afternoons, you go do this thing that's also archaeology, but it has nothing to do with your daytime archaeology job. So it right. doesn't have to be where you're being exploited labor or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just wasn't even necessarily talking about people. Doug, I think you may have inferred this from what I said, but I never said come in early and stay late, especially for yeah. no pay. I was really referring to people who get off work at night. You know, they take their shower. They they sit down and instead of watching, you know, Seinfeld all night and, and just 
you know, mindlessly doing nothing, which does have its purpose. Trust me, I do the same thing. But also occasionally you're, you know, watching the Discovery Channel or, you know, something on YouTube that's educational or reading a book about archaeology. And I'm not saying that's a requirement, but those kinds of people do have just a little bit more of a, of a stake in the field emotionally, I think, than they do just work-wise. You know what I mean? Because they're probably going to do that stuff even if they can't find work in CRM and there's just nothing for them. They end up working at Starbucks. They're probably still reading and doing It's people who listen to this podcast, right? Not necessarily this podcast. This it's, is more of a niche topic, but like like the archaeology show is, is more of a, a broad audience. Those people aren't archaeologists, but they all say they want to be archaeologists. Every single person I talk to that's listening to the show, they're like, oh, I always want to be an archaeologist when I grew up, but I just never did that. That's passion. You know what yeah. I mean? Or, or ignorance, one of the two. But either way, it's passion. <laughs> I agree. So so at this point, Doug, you should feel attacked because Chris and I are ganging up on Yale. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, we're, yeah. we're coming. I knew how this was going to go. It was, it was a bit <laughs> of a trap. Yeah. Eli, those questions were a bit leading and it's it sort of, set you guys up to say that passion was something that was important. You know, I could see somebody on the other side, like, like just for the sake of argument being like, no, actually the number one thing is like solid skill set, you know, or something like that. I could see like, if Mm -hmm. you're really well skilled, well, if you're not as passionate, you could still, you know, you could, you could make that argument, but so it's not totally leading. No, no, no. I, I believe that. So I, I, I would argue the complete other side of that. Do you? Yeah. So I absolutely. Okay. So we're going to slightly go back to off the record stuff. I'm not going to mention the details because it's going to cause a hurrah. But we were, mm-hmm. before this episode started, we were talking about a certain set of archaeologists who we dislike. And I would be willing to say every single one of those archaeologists have incredible amounts of passion, however you define that. Mm-hmm. And that causes them to go on social media and raid and raid and raid against the machine and against the flowers and against the planets and against Carl and against Sarah mm-hmm. and against whoever. And so, like, we, we, we're talking about, like, you know, if we weren't involved in archaeology, we might actually like completely cut off all archaeologists because a large percentage of archaeologists are not pleasant people to be around. <laughs> not when it's going, not when it's not they're going their way. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. that's that, like, those people are so insane because of passion. Like, yeah. so you could tell none of those people, none of the people on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, if they just sign up for the job, they're there from nine to five. They look at it as a job that gets them money. Maybe they slightly enjoy it. Maybe they don't. But the the purpose is not to like, as we've somewhat defined, doing a bunch of extra work. And that means that those people are like, man, it is five oh one. I am not going to be on Twitter. I mean, you guys have did some very positive examples of like, oh, you know, reading a book in their spare time yeah. and enjoying it, and and that mm-hmm. those are very positive. But also, like, lots of passionate people do let's say less positive activities with their passion, however you you want to define that. You know, I think, I think probably passion and bitterness are close bedfellows, you know, people who are passionate about something and then not rewarded tend to kind of lash out. So it's, it's later down the line. I think so. Hey, with that, let's take a break and we'll wrap this up on the other side. Back in a minute. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome back to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, episode 283. And we're passionately talking about... The field of archaeology and whether or not passion is required. No passion for me. No passion. No, that's for right. Me. That's right. I'm uh, talking bad. about it. <laughs> well, I got to say, Doug, you were mentioning at at the end of the last segment about you know these these keyboard warriors and people are complaining on social media must have passion in, in order to you know, otherwise why would they do that right why don't they just quit and go find something else to do and I got to say I think people people really just get angry when the job they have, regardless of what it is, isn't going it the way they expected it to, or, you know, something that they don't feel like they're being fairly treated. They are going to rail on social media about that. And my just glaring example of that is, was it a documentary or something I saw not too long ago about Dollar General employees? Oh, you know what? It was John Oliver. <laughs> he had a whole segment on Dollar General on last week tonight. And it's worth a watch. It's definitely worth a watch because there are people shooting videos on social media and YouTube and commenting and doing all these things about the horrible, horrible working conditions at Dollar General. And I guarantee you, they do not have a passion for working at Dollar General for minimum wage, right? They just don't have a passion for that. It's just like wherever they happen to be in their hometown or their personal circumstances, they can't work anywhere else, right? For whatever reason, they have to work there. So because they have to work there, they're going to complain about the horrific conditions at most of those stores and and the way that they're treated and and just all that stuff but i guarantee you they do not have passion for that job i mean i guarantee it i mean maybe managers they just want to manage and do something that's a little bit different role than say a clerk or something like that but even there i mean it's just i can't i can't see it (laughs) i can't see somebody having maybe that's just me but i can't see that so i think there's a little bit of this I'm just a human and I don't want to be treated unfairly. And I have a place to complain about that, AKA social media. And therefore I'm going to do that. I don't think that necessarily means that those are passionate people for the job. It might just mean they're complainers too, right? That's also a thing too. People just complain. There's are some people that would just complain about everything, but then there's other people that will, I feel like the ones that, that you can see that might have passion are the ones that are trying to find solutions rather than trying to point out more of the problems, right? Like there's a few people trying to get this whole archaeology union thing going again. And uh, there's other people saying, Oh, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. Instead of saying, I hate this and I hate that. Right. I mean, that does, that does nothing. And I, the ones that are trying to solve the problems, I think are the ones with the passion, but I don't know, just one example I was thinking of. Well, so that sort of uh, segues nicely into what we had sort of discussed for what we're going to do for this uh, third segment. And that's just something to sort of think about is that, so Chris, right there, you said, you know, you think passion would be people who are trying to do something different instead of the complainers. You'd actually right. see people as complainers as not, not having passion. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to put words into your mouth. That's pretty much summed mm-hmm. up what you just said, yeah. right? 
Not as much anyway, yeah. not as much visible passion, you know, maybe they do. They're just not articulating it very well. Yeah, I think this is one of the problems, though, is like, so both of you guys both said you need to have passion for the job. I asked you and Chris, you you, you had sort of said, well, you, you'd mainly hired people that you knew. So you haven't actually had much of a, a chance to like sort of hire people based on passion. Whereas right. Andrew basically said, man, you, you're hiring people, but on nothing but passion. Sorry, Andrew, am I putting words into your into your mouth? Uh, no, you know, exaggeration. I, I, I would say it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it is based on what I said off the cuff. Now, no matter what, passion is a major, major element. But of course, if you're like, like, have no skills whatsoever, but you're passionate, like you're not gonna you're not gonna make it. But in in this field, I think so many of the jobs are so highly prized uh, throughout archaeology, right? So. Basically, so many people have this this skill set. What's going to push you over the top is your passion and the way that you kind of relate that passion to other people. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a key problem of, of how we look at that is, is how you relate it. Because I could think of a lot of so you guys have both named different ways of how to like sort of demonstrate passion, how to relate it. And I think the problem with that is it also sort of filters out a lot of people who probably are very passionate. Again, it is a completely subjective. It, it's a self-feeling. So I could be, I could say I'm a hundred percent passionate and you have, there's no way of actually using a yardstick to, to measure that. But by trying to do a yardstick, which we do all the time, I think we're filtering out a lot of people. I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot of people who are maybe like neurodiverse who maybe like if they're giving a talk and a, a, you know, trying to do an interview, maybe they're just not very animated. I mean, you guys sort of talked about seeing in their eyes and I've, I've seen it guys like, I have video recorded and edited uh, six, eight thousand <laughs> presentation video, you know, presentations at conferences. It's crazy. And like, I could tell you that like, there are some people who are super engaging, not for the topic, but like how excited they are about the topic. But that's a certain type of person. That's someone who can get animated. Someone who like changes their voice and goes, "Yes, pottery!" Right. <laughs> and you're like. I could care less about pottery, but man, you, you are getting me excited about pottery. And that's the thing though, is like, then we hire those people, but that's not necessarily like the skills. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're more passionate than anyone else. And I'm just thinking like, you know, again, like people who maybe like spend a little extra time after work or, you know, volunteer for stuff. But, you know, man, if you have kids, like you have to be out at five. You, you have to pick them up from the yeah. school run. Like, like, like they are like, yeah, you're, the school is not going to look after them. They're, they're at the curb and you know, you're, it's either you're picking them up or someone else is picking them up at that time. And so like, if you're trying to demonstrate like passion by being able to be there, you know, spend half an hour after work doing whatever needs to be done. That's mm -hmm. also always doable. I think that's a big problem that archaeology has is one, it's, incredibly subjective what we think passion is and we're hiring off of it i think we're actually probably not i don't know if there's any way you could ever be able to measure passion so we're probably actually turning down a lot of passionate people and maybe we're hiring people who chris you said are, are not passionate but maybe they give off the impression because they're keyboard warriors and you're like yeah that person's definitely passionate i see them on twitter all the time talking about archaeology 
But, mm-hmm. but, you know, I would say there's two ways here. There's there's passion in your own head for your own discipline or whatever. And then there's passion in terms of socially like interacting. And no matter what, archaeology is an extremely like interactive teamwork driven situation. Like, man, I can't even barely think of a discipline that is more kind of team, you know, associated the archaeology crew. It's a crew. You know, you you're never working in a vacuum. So. Yes, you could have passion in your head that you show to no one. That's fu- that's fine. But mm-hmm. also there does have to be a social aspect of it, of it, too. And I'm not saying you have to be some awesome, like life of the party who tells jokes all the time, but you just have to be in the mix. Yeah, but then we're basically filtering for people who are in the mix and maybe like. No, wait, let me just break in for a second and say. Just just that yes, yes, we're filtering for people who can deal socially because it is a social job, you know, like if it's <laughs> if there are aspects of it that are not like if you're if you're working alone in a lab. OK, that is not social, you know, mm-hmm. but almost every other aspect is interacting with people in in the field, in bureaucracy and government and, you know, landowners like, dude, you have to have people skills. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but those same people skills, the double-edged sword, or the are those people skills, the same ones that are showing up as keyboard warriors, like like you know, think about it like as if you're doing most simple genetics, where like yeah, you started basically breeding for a certain trait, and all of a sudden you end up with a pug and horrible side effects, or even like mm-hmm. you know a German Shepherd where you you've bred for one thing and now they have horrible hips or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if, if we are if we are filtering. For people that we think are passionate, and that passionate means certain aspects, we might also be filtering for, let's say, less than desirable characteristics that we find in certain archaeologists. Oh, Um, man. I think that's a stretch. I think that and also saying that people who are passionate, you know, online or or whatever, you're conflating like the fact that online you're not personable at all. If you're online, it's like the opposite Mm. of being personal, personable. You're by yourself on a computer using it as a shield to attack others. So you're not personable at all. Right. Well, it's almost worse than that. Difference. Yeah. In person and online. It, Doug, you're not even in the some of the groups on on Facebook as much as some of the others are. And I'm an admin on on one of the biggest ones, of course, Archaeo Field Techs. And I'll tell you what, anytime somebody is really passionate about something or really concerned that they could have retribution, they post anonymously. Right. And there's been right. huge conversations about posting anonymously in a private group. And it's just like, you know. I mean, the fact that this field requires somebody to post anonymously, otherwise they will get retribution on something is a little messed up to begin with. Right. Yeah. We don't have some sort of a, a safety net for people to really, you know, tell somebody and, and have action done on, on whatever their situation is and, and have no fear of retribution. Right. That that's a really difficult thing to find. There might be some organizations that allow that, but it's it's really difficult in CRM. And then not only that, but there are situations not confirmed, but suspected where somebody's been so paranoid about retribution that they created a fake account, joined the group and then started railing against people. Right. So it's just that's passion. It's also passion for not wanting to be messed with and and having a, a decent job and not having to worry about all this crap. But it's also, you know, it's also passion. So I don't know, for good yeah. or for worse. But- that's what I'm saying is actually like, actually, it's, it is and it isn't passion. 
essentially passion can be whatever you want it to be. Like mm-hmm. it's not, there's not any objective. You can't measure passion. You can't actually really define passion. Like, like, you know, okay. So you, yes, you, you can, can but we all know what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it comes back to the uh, Supreme <laughs> court. That. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll know it when I see it. Right. Right. Yeah. But, if it's something that is a horrible thing to do, if it's something that's so important to archaeology, like mm-hmm. if everyone's hiring off a of passion, but it's something you'll know it when you see it, that is going to be demoralizing to a lot of people who are just told they need to have passion. But, but you know what? You know what I would say? They do. At the end of the day, though, like the hirings I've done that where passion is a huge part of it, which is like all of them, they all turned out great. <laughs> so like whatever my like mojo mumbo jumbo is about passion mm-hmm. it's it's working well, except yeah. it, you don't know that like because you, you, you I, haven't done, i have a hundred percent like uh, uh, success. You, you had a choice you would have to be able to do a random sample so you'd have to say like uh, these are my choices flip a coin and then you'd have to say like all right, so here's the one that coin chose and here's the one I chose with a large enough sample and then be able to say, actually, I, Andrew, in the people whisper of passion. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, you that know, part's you true. Know what, but, uh... Yeah. But like, honestly, <laughs> I've been in, in talks with other archaeologists who've told undergraduates, they're like, I can just look at you and tell if you'd be a good archaeology or not. And they're like, I'm always right. I'm like, well, you, have, there's no, you haven't actually done a, a, a scientific test and you're just reinforcing, like, you don't know the person you didn't hire would have been, I don't know, won the Nobel in something, even though we're all in archaeology. In archaeology. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, there's no Nobel in archaeology, but you never know. Like, they could have been that. And you don't know because you didn't hire them. Mm-hmm. I know. I destroyed their life. I, I blame myself. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I, I see that a lot, though. But, like, a lot of archaeologists are super confident in their hiring skills. And, like, oh, well, uh, oh, man, I remember I, I went to a talk. I went to an interview. I got to, you know, there's a different panel, got to meet the owner. And the owner was basically just like, oh, yeah, you know, we may choose you, we may not. But whatever choice we do, we're making the right choice. I was like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Like, what are they going to say? Was, well, it was, it was a, a level of cockiness. And you know, lots of people have that. They're like, yeah, we've made the right choice. Obviously, it worked out because we made the choice. But actually, you have no way of testing that, and no one does any test that would do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. I've done a ton of hiring, and and it's not. I don't think anyone on the hiring committees feels like they're just great hirers. It's done through hard work and time. Like it takes a lot of time to hire someone. You know, you do really read those CVs closely. You do really read the letters of recommendation closely because this is serious. You're going to be trapped with this person for years. So you want to, you know, make a good, make it good. So I never feel confident. I just feel like, man, I put the work in. I did the best I could. Yeah. yeah. But also you're selecting for someone that again, it's it's selection bias on you're selecting for someone who you think you'll get along with for years. Which is maybe not necessarily which honestly, like yeah, working with crap people, mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. But that might not be the best selector of, of people <laughs> is like, is this gonna be my bro for the next twenty years? It's right. maybe not the always the best 
It is a portion of it, though. Like, again, it's very complex and there's all kinds of variables on that, you know, but it it is it is one and it's not self-centered. It's it's like, does this person it's much more you think of it. Can they jibe in this setting, you know, with Mm -hmm. these people? It's not just me. It's the the other professors or my other co-workers. It's the people who work in the lab. It's like this whole kind of mini community. Can they like work in this small village with us? You know, and that's. That's really what you're looking for. And in terms of if there's students or that kind of thing, can they, you know, also inspire and work with them? That's huge. Okay. We got to end this show, end this segment. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Doug, on, on your little experiment here? Yeah. I mean, it basically panned out how the other research did. <laughs> I still don't think I've convinced you guys that hiring for passion is a, is a bad thing, but I don't know maybe some of the listeners will have a, Maybe I've, I've, uh, I've sparked some interest in, in listeners. Or we're just going to get a bunch of angry emails about like, you know, mm-hmm. I was all yeah. for the CRM podcast until that passion episode. And now I've lost my passion for, for the CRM yeah. podcast. You, you know, Doug, you did not turn my opinion, but I thought this was super fun and a great idea for an episode. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, with that, while Doug stews on his passion for disagreeing with Andrew and I, we will (laughs) end this show and come back next time. If you've got thoughts on this, definitely let us know. I mean, I I, no, no, it's it's understandable. You guys just aren't as passionate as I am about this topic. Right. I I should go. Exactly. I really should. I should have gone and found someone else who's more passionate. They would have gone better. And you guys would have agreed with me. It's your lack of passion. It is. That's that's how I define passion, guys. But agree with me. That's true. You you have a passion if you agree with me. All right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'll have to find some people who just don't phone it in, who aren't exactly. just to collect the paycheck from the CRM podcast. Those little, you know, that, that dead look in your guys' eye. I can hear it in your yeah. voice. You just don't, you're, not, you're not here for this passion, guys. No. I, I, you know what? I'm going to do this again. We're going to do this again with Bill and Heather. I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll have the right amount of passion. Exactly. Not like these deadbeats. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, I, I hear it in your voice, Andrew. Just, I know the tone. That's soulless. Yeah, soulless. <laughs> With that, send us your comments. Tell us about all your passion or lack thereof, and we will see you guys next time. That's it for another episode of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. Links to some of the items mentioned on the show are in the show notes for this podcast, which can be found at www.archpodnet.com slash podcast. Please comment and share anywhere you see the show. If you'd like us to answer a question on a future episode, email us. Use the contact form on the website or just email chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Support the show and the network at arcpodnet.com slash members. Get some swag and extra content while you're there. Send us show suggestions and interview suggestions. We want this to be a resource for field technicians everywhere, and we want to know what you want to know about. Thanks to everyone for joining me this week. Thanks also to the listeners for tuning in, and we'll see you in the field. Goodbye. Goodbye with passion. <laughs> oh, God. I'll see you guys next time. I didn't even oh. say the outro yet. Oh, I know, but I'm so passionate. I'm I'm getting there before I'm getting there before you do it. See, I'm showing my initiative that I'm passionate, that I'm gonna be there before you need me to be there. Okay. So I'm waiting. You know, I'm 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 that person who's there early, Chris. Well, goodbye. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, 
Dig Tech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Rachel Roden. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.